Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. We're back from vacation. We made it. You wouldn't have noticed any interruption in our regular episode release times. Oh yeah, the episode is. Yeah. It's the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this is our 300th episode. Is it? Congratulations. Oh, clinky, my dear. Indeed. We did it. We did do it. 300 continuous weeks of chapter by chapter reading. It's almost like we're committed to this or something. Yeah. What? Weird. <laughs> But uh, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah, we're back home, safe and sound, where it's comfortably cool again. The vacation was nice, but it was very hot. Oh my god, it was so hot there. I'm not built for heat like that. It was a bit of a heat wave in Midland, BC, where we were, and uh, oh boy, yeah. Like it's it's been we've been home now for uh, two days, and I've still got heat rash on my arms and my hands. Waiting for that to get better. Found a lot of indoor activities for the end of the week. Yeah, we needed to run from AC to AC at some point. It was yeah. whew, hot. Yeah, but uh, overall, good time. Kids seem to have had fun. I hope so. Which I would argue is the more important thing. Poor things. We dragged them through the sunshine a bunch of times. I hope they had fun. Yeah, I think they did. But we're home, we're back, and we've read another chapter. Uh, even though it has been a little longer than normal between the last time we recorded and this time, we're... Up to speed. And with that, let's give us a little recap of our previous chapter, uh, in which we find out what Rosie's secret mission was, which was to go and deliver some care packages to the uh, two castle employees who had been put on leave while they were dealing with MI5 snooping around in their business and suspecting them of being Russian spies. Mm. And that neatly leads us into chapter 15 and part three of The Winds Are Not by S.J. Bennett. So we're back with the queen to start this chapter. She's out and about kind of trying to take her mind off of the case, but can't quite. It's still, like, lingering. Yeah. There's, like, that niggling something in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah, you just can't leave it be. And ultimately, that leaves her kind of dwelling on it as she and Prince Philip are on their way to discuss horses with horse people. Yeah. Something that she's quite looking forward to because, again, it will probably take her mind off things for a bit. Her majesty is very much a horse person, right? So the fact that... This is taking precedence over that. Like, clearly something is wrong. Yeah, and Prince Philip can sense that and is basically just finally like, what's up? She's like, I'm still thinking about that dead Russian pianist. That leads to an interesting exchange because Prince Philip's like, I don't know why you're so hung up on this because he's not your responsibility. It's not like you were dating him. You had a dance with the man. 
<laughs> but that's not that's not necessarily the part that's wrong, but it is the part that's bothering her. And she finally kind of puts it together. It's because Maxim Brodsky reminds her of a young Prince Philip. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, dancing with him that evening reminded her of dancing with Philip before she became queen. Oh, we're t- decades and decades ago, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's it's a moment that's very crystallized for her in her past. It was the last time she was allowed to be just like a young woman in love before all this responsibility was heaped on her. Yeah, back when she was still allowed to be Princess Elizabeth. Yeah. Right? And so that dance with Bronsky kind of took her back to that. And she didn't maybe consciously realize that in the moment. But then for Bronsky to have died so tragically afterwards... She can imagine that having been Philip, and it bothers her. Yeah. The foul play happened to somebody who reminds her of the man she's in love with. Yeah. Something tragic happened, and she is relating it to, like, yeah. what if it had happened to us? Exactly. And and that's why it's kind of been so strangely personal for her this whole time. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of finally puts her finger on it here. Yeah. Talking to Philip, she realizes this is the case. Plus, it still really bothers her that no one has come to, like, claim the body. Yeah. Right? There is no next of kin that they have been able to find, contact, or make use of. No. Right? So he's just sort of there, and that doesn't sit right with her. Yeah, the assumption is the Russians will probably repatriate him at some point, but nobody seems to have taken any care. Yeah. Because he doesn't really have any, again, this is a man who, and we kind of discussed this in some of the previous chapters, seems to have had a somewhat lonely life. He didn't have a lot of really close friends. He had mostly breezy acquaintances. Yeah. And so this is kind of just where he's at now that his life has come to an end with nowhere to be and no one to really mourn him. Yeah, which is sad. It is kind of sad, yeah. The other thing that we uh, learn in this car ride is that there's no apparent link between the dead city agent and Maxim Brodsky. Okay, yes and no. So this goes back to uh, the chapter opening where she's talking to Sir Simon. He's basically giving her an update on the death of uh, Rachel Stiles, Dr. Stiles, apparently. A doctor of... Economics, yeah. probably. Well, it, that wasn't part of the news report. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, okay, Dr. Styles, good to know. We get a little bit about her, not very much. We yeah. knew she was young, right? Uh, young enough that Sir Simon feels the sting of this one because yeah. he's like, I have a niece who's roughly that age who is in a similar kind of field, and I could imagine how her untimely accidental death would affect, like, my, I, I can't recall if it's his brother or his sister, it's his brother and his in laws. Uh, but like he can, he can relate. And so he feels it quite keenly. Right. So again, people feeling things because they're relating things to themselves, but she has this typical, like promising young woman vibe around her, right? High stress job. Apparently she had a bit of a drinking problem. And then of course it all overnight, it all goes horribly wrong. Right. Just that one time. Yeah. And now unfortunately she's dead. No connection to the Russians at all, except I don't think the queen buys it. I don't think the queen buys it either. I certainly don't buy it because it's, and again, we're retreading a little bit of ground. It would be the height of coincidence for two people who were in the castle that night to both end up dead. Yes. Within that short time frame under similar suspicious accidents. Right? Yeah. Both 
accidental suicides. Indeed. Yeah. Like that is the height of coincidence. And in a mystery story, right? is that really a coincidence? Yeah. I don't think the queen quite buys it either. But there's nothing on the surface that seems to connect Dr. Styles and Maxim Brodsky. Well, the only thing that connects them is that they were both in the castle on the same night. Yes. That's it. That's, that's all we know. That's all we've got. But the interesting thing, why she was at the castle, is because she is an expert in Chinese economy, specifically regarding infrastructure. Yeah. Basically, we had already previously met the governor of Windsor Castle. Yes, Sir Peter Venn. And Sir Peter was, as we well know, and we recall from earlier in the book, hosting this little intelligence gathering, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't want to call it a spy meeting because I don't think that's quite what it is. No, but but it's people involved in intelligence and involved in fields that intelligence can use, basically, to discuss Chinese infrastructure spending in Africa, Europe, and Asia, basically. They happened to be there the same night as the party. Yeah. But they weren't supposed to be. No. Okay. So Her Majesty invites Sir Peter for drinks. Yeah. And he immediately cancels his other plans, which well, seemed rather important. I liked I liked that it's described as he's a seasoned courtier. So he kind of knows court life. And when the queen asks you for drinks, you drop what you're doing. You go for drinks with the queen. Yes. Like that's yes, the Yes, exactly. His friends probably wouldn't have even questioned it. It's just like, oh, the queen asked you for drinks. Absolutely. Another time then. Good day, yes. sir. One does not say no to Her Majesty. Yeah, because when she finds out that this woman was in the castle because of this meeting that Sir Peter was doing, she basically immediately arranges to meet with Sir Peter to discuss it casually in a social environment so that it's not like probing. It's just being brought up in conversation. We're just talking about things. Indeed. And that is indeed what happens. So the the back half of this chapter is her schmoozing with Sir Peter, basically. And like gleaning a whole bunch of info off of him. Yeah. And Sir Peter's happy to talk about it. He keeps like apologizing, like, I don't mean to bore you with all these details. She's like, no, it's fascinating. Tell me more. And she's legitimately invested. Like she's really interested in what he's telling her for, I'm sure, multiple reasons. So this leads us back to a suspicious character who we met earlier in the book, Kelvin Lowe. Yeah, he was the uh, underdressed young man who was super nervous about meeting meeting the the queen. queen. Yeah, and um, Sir Peter is quite bullish on this guy. He thinks that this guy is like an up-and-coming guy in foreign intelligence. Yeah. Um, He seems to also be kind of an expert on what the Chinese are up to at this time. Well, he's a computer guy. Yeah. Right? But an important piece of information that we find out in this chapter is that the meeting at Windsor Castle ended up being held a day late. Yeah. It hel- it was o- overlapping with the dine and sleep unintentionally. Because Kelvin Lowe was late. Yes. He had an excuse. His plane was delayed. But he was late. And that delay put them in the castle the night of the dine and sleep. Yes. So now we have this foreign intelligence meeting which has once again surged in importance, happening at the same time that Maxim Brodsky is skulking around the castle. Right. And we have this suspicious guy who has an excuse to make sure that the meeting is late so that he's in the castle that night. Right. I'm not saying that we have any motive. I'm not saying that we have any means. But we do have opportunity. But we now have an opportunity. Kelvin Lowe got into the castle a day late. And it was on... A plausible excuse, but an excuse nonetheless. And so, seeing as he was suspicious earlier, I was going to say, he's on the suspect list now. Yeah. 
Unfortunately. And if Brodsky was an unintended victim, because we've already kind of surmised that he might not have been the intended target, or he might have been an accidental target, or he might have been a target of opportunity, because maybe he overheard something he shouldn't have. Maybe. We know he was where he shouldn't have been at one point, right? Exactly. So, I mean, that means that Lowe is in a position to have murdered Brodsky, and potentially in a position to have murdered Dr. Stiles. Yes. Well, he knew she was at that meeting because she was at that meeting. Exactly so. So... I'm just saying that he has opportunity, and he gave himself a reason to be in the castle that night. Yeah. But we don't have anything else to go on. So I'm just saying I'm putting him out there <laughs> as a fresh suspect. Just, just, he's out there. Yeah. Just and I mean, he was acting suspicious mm-hmm. the next day when he met the queen. He was like... Very shifty. He was shifty. He was underdressed. Uh, he was having trouble making eye contact with her. Did he have a guilty conscience? Well, the book describes Queen... Who, who did not know his name or couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Doing a very good impression of a very shy young man. Yeah. Right? And I don't know. You say he was acting shifty. Maybe he genuinely was being shy. It's possible. Don't know. Don't know. Can't tell. So yeah, that's kind of the information that the queen gets out of him. Yeah, More mostly. or less. Kind of about who these people were. Most of them young professionals. Yeah. Or, pe- or young people involved in intelligence. They happened to be in the castle that night because the meeting got bumped because Kelvin Lowe, who was an important person to be at that meeting, his plane was delayed, which put them in the castle that night. And then, unfortunately, she kind of gets called away. Yeah, like Sir Peter is going on about what is happening in China, which I feel is probably somewhat relevant somehow. China's having this big push to try and connect itself to Europe and uh, Africa. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the reason the part is called Belt and Road is because that is how the Chinese are referring to their connections. Yeah. Right? For some reason, roads are like water connections yeah. through ocean uh, because reasons. And the and the belt is the roads. Yes. And the belts are the physical roads connecting them. Yeah. Sure, whatever. <laughs> but it, it involves a tremendous amount of infrastructure spending. And I'm just going to put this out there. There were a lot of money people at that party as well. Yep. And... There was an architect at that party as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. I know. There's all there, there's all these loose connections. Yeah. Right? And I'm, this is the this is the interesting part, is that the queen was being signaled that, you know, perhaps sh- things should carry on, right? Mm-hmm. Drinks were getting long. The yeah. chef's probably getting nervous. Yeah. But she would have happily continued talking to Sir Peter for a while. And I think if she'd have let him keep talking, if she'd have been able to let him keep talking... He would have given up something super important. Yeah, you had mentioned that last night after you read the chapter. You feel like Sir Peter was cut off just before he dropped an important clue. Right? Yeah. Like if he could have just kept going, there might have been an important an- connection that we could have made or a really big piece of information that would have been very useful. But we didn't get that. Yeah, there's there's definitely some kind of bridge between the people at the party and the people at that intelligence meeting. I think so. Yeah. We just don't know what it is yet. We just don't know what it is yet. And we're going to have to wait and find out, it looks like. All we know is that clearly something shady is going on. Yeah. And we just don't know quite what yet. And it was happening at the castle that night. Yeah. We just don't know exactly what it is yet. I'm still not ready to give up on your Brodsky was killed because of mistaken identity theory. I mean, that could still be the case, even if there was a larger scheme afoot. Yeah. It still could be that he was mistaken for Vadim. Yeah. Or he happened to be in the wrong place in the wrong time and needed to die. I yeah. We don't know yet. Because we know he was in a place that he shouldn't have been around 2 a.m. Yeah. And 
he could have overheard something and, as you say, needed to die. Yeah. I'm still leaning towards the, in general, like, unfortunate innocent bystander theory for Brodsky. I don't think he was in on anything. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe we'll find out a little more in chapter 16. Maybe. I've been wrong so many times before, so this is perfectly normal. Indeed. It's quite a good mystery so far. I like it. it. Yeah. But uh, you'll want to read up on Chapter 16 in time for next week. Yes. Uh, In the meantime, of course, as always, you can give us a little rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. We appreciate those. Helps us out. Uh, You can also send us uh, missives via social media. Yeah. Currently, we are on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Um, we are at the read along on most of those, so you can find us like that. Yeah, you can also reach out to us via email. Yes, we are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. And Prince Philip will just continue to be Prince Philip. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Mm-hmm.